0: Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Melson, and in today's study of Isaiah 14, 24 32, we're gonna be looking at Assyria and Philistia. So today's readings are gonna come from the ESV. I'm not gonna read the passage since it is fairly long, however, I greatly encourage you to follow along in your Bible as we study. So first let's look at Assyria. So this one normally when we study um, we like to ask why God judged a certain nation. Um, that helps us to not make that same mistake. Um, and it's pretty helpful to help us understand that, because if we don't understand that, then it's just going to be, you know, God beat down this nation, then he beat down this nation, you know. But if we don't understand why he did it, it gets monotonous. So why did God judge Assyria? So the answer to this question actually isn't in this passage. Um, this passage is short, and God takes... The reason for judging Assyria for granted. And he does that. Why? Because he placed this chapter after a section, um, Isaiah 7-12, through where Assyria was the dominant factor. So we have talked about Assyria's wickedness. Um, so the general context of Isaiah helps us understand this text. Um, Assyria, just for a view, was ruthless in their military tactics and, as with most strong nations, was prideful. So Assyria's power, contrasted with God's promises, is something I want us to look at. So notice how all of verse 24, five poetic lines, are dedicated to showing the immutability of God's word. Um, he says, Lord of hosts has sworn as I have planned, so shall it be. As I have purposed, it shall stand. those are all words that talk about god's word, and they also show us the foundation, like the sure foundation of god's word. It's not going to change; it is built in like like concrete um when Assyria wanted something to happen, it would generally get done um that's um something that was pretty known in um Isaiah's Day that if Assyria wanted you dead, you were probably gonna be dead. However, God wants his covenant people to realize that Assyria is not in fact stronger than their God. Um one of the biggest points really what goes to summarize this whole first section of Isaiah, Isaiah one through thirty nine is um chapters I believe it's thirty six through thirty nine, um where Isaiah gives us the account of Assyria invading Israel, or excuse me, invading Judah and Jerusalem. Um, And they are turned away. Why? Because God's word is more sure than Israel's. That is really what we need to realize. When God says something, it can't be changed. So now we're going to see God's power transitioning from word to action. So in verse 24, we saw the power of God's word, but now we're going to see the power of God's hand. God says that he will, quote, break the Assyrian in my land and on my mountains trample him underfoot. Notice that God didn't say he'd crush the Assyrians in their land, rather in his land. God wanted his people to remember that. As with Satan who afflicted Job, evil can only go as far as God allows it. God had given Assyria the land they were occupying, and he wanted them to realize that that was his land. God owns the whole world. The whole world is his. Anything a nation occupies is subject to God's authority. Um, God's redemption is also displayed here. He says, quote, On him, or talking about the Assyrians, or his, yoke shall depart from them. So, who is them? Um, Since there's no clear antecedent to the pronoun them, we assume from context that the them is God's people. So God, again, rescues his people from their captors. Redemption is such a big theme in Isaiah. And God proves himself yet again. There's so much that we can take from this, and it's so easy to pass this. Um, Look at verse 27. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, And who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? We see his word. God says, I've said it. Who's going to stop me? I have said that I'm going to do this, and it will happen. When we read God's word, do we read like that? Do we read God's promises and say, who's going to stop this? Or do we say, well, I mean, that might happen, maybe. But in reality, it's probably not going to happen. Or are we saying, God has said this, so it will happen. I will change the way I live because this promise is in place, and I know that God is going to keep it. Is that how we read the Bible? That's how we should read the Bible. That's how God expects us to read the Bible. So we must act like that. And then, you see, his hand is stretched out. Who will turn it back? Do we bank on God's power? Do we realize that God cannot be stopped? we really need to ask ourselves those questions. So next let's look at Philistia. So God addressed the next few chapters of judgments against the countries that were neighbors to Judah and Israel. So Judah and Israel loved making alliances and covenant with pretty much anyone but God. If a major power came, they don't turn to the one who has all power, rather they turn to those nations beside themselves. So we are so quick to do this ourselves. Um, as we're reading the Old Testament, it's so easy to just um, beat Israel up, you know? They're so bad. They did this. They did that. But we are so quick to make the mistakes that Israel and Judah did. When we face troubles, we look to the things of this world for help, sometimes to cure the problem or just to numb the pain. Don't get me wrong. We can and should use things around us to relax within reason, like hobbies or whatnot, but we must not do them for the purpose of um godliness just in themselves. Rather we should do them for the purpose of godliness, to give us energy to pursue God's word and to pursue him. Um like I think of playing video games. Like, you know, if after a long day you want to relax, maybe play for an hour, get some rest, that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong, you know, if you want to head to the golf course, I'm not saying um give that up. Um But if you are dedicating like hours on end to that, if that's the end of your day, if you're not using a hobby as a means to godliness, rather you're having the end in the hobby itself, then there's a problem. And so what we can not do is rely on those hobbies or the people around us like Israel and Judah often did with the nations around them, that we have to learn from Israel and Judah's mistake. So Philistia rejoiced. Because Assyria, who had afflicted them, looked weak. Um, Philistia made the mistake of so many other nations in banking on other nations instead of God. Um, God tells them, rejoice not, O Philistia. Um, He says that because they wanted to trust in themselves rather than God. And so God said that, however, rather than them being happy, they're going to have an adder and a flying, fiery serpent come forth from the broken staff. And that broken staff was Assyria, who had appeared weak. They appeared like they were going to crumble. And so Philistia was like, yes, this is our chance. However, Assyria had not even reached the climax of his power. Um, so Philistia would indeed weep. Um, they would wail and they would cry out as God said they would. So the Philistines' problems would only grow because they simply couldn't trust in themselves or other people to face problems in life. And this is true for us. God must be our source of strength, not the things of this world. We can't go to anything but God to solve our problems. So, in conclusion, today, are you trusting in God's sovereign control over all things, or are you trusting in your own strength? Or trust, are you trusting in the strength of your hobbies or people around you? Are you relying on God's strength to live in godliness? Or are you relying on the things or people of this world? Where is your peace coming from? Is it coming from your political party? Is it coming from your favorite TV show? Or is it coming from the God of the universe who created and rules over all things. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources, and like us on Facebook at Adopted Believers.